Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey all, the Sports Renaissance Man, VFL, and Atlanta Sports Guy Chase Thomas here to first say thank you for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As our incredible loyal subscribers know, every week I bring on countless other big-time guests in addition to the weekly staple cast of characters you know and love. All kinds of content each and every day, along with our regular scheduled programming where we cover NBA, NFL, college football, you know all the uh, the the cast of characters each and every day on this very show that you know and love but guess what we also bring on guests as well big time guests it could be nbc's peter king ball quest brent hubs espn's jay billis army's jeff monken uh it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter it could be it could be anyone each and every day on this very feed you never know which big time guests in the world of sports might appear each and every day on this very program so if you're new i hope you enjoy what you hear and you'll tune back in each week for one of the many special interviews that pop up on this very feed and remember if you like what you hear leave us a rating and write us a review on apple Podcasts or spotify write to us at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com or visit the show's website at chasethomaspodcast.com it's new it's great and uh do that to learn all about the wonderful cast of characters that appear on this show each and every day, along with brilliant guests like the very one on this episode who join Chase each and every week on the Chase Thomas Podcast, the daily national sports show out here in East Tennessee, where we cover the Vols, we cover Atlanta sports, we cover the NFL, the NBA, you name it, we probably cover it as the sports renaissance man on this very show. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, welcome back, Chase Thomas podcast. Taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. Eric Kane, Ball Quest, Locked On Balls is here. Eric, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Yeah, doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you uh, for being here. So now that it's been a couple of uh, days. Uh, since the uh, what happened in Tuscaloosa for Tennessee, uh, getting shut out twenty seven nothing in the second half here, um, <laughs> where they ended up losing this game that they very much could have won and maybe should have won. With all that being said, we're four days out uh, since that game. What are you still thinking about? What still has you just really just curious about how Tennessee responds? Something from the game you wonder about? What have you still been thinking about a lot from the Alabama game? Yeah, I mean, I, I know, you know, from a fan perspective, um, everybody continues to talk about the officiating, and I get it, it was bad, and, and and I get the frustrations, and it's, 
it's warranted. Um, mm. uh, for me, though, I mean, the, the biggest takeaway is not not finishing in the red zone. I mean, yet you, you had opportunities to really bury uh, Alabama, in my opinion. Now, even if you led twenty-one to nothing at the end of the first quarter, there's three quarters left. There's a lot of football, you know, left to be played. But how does that affect you know the game plan moving forward? The calls that were made, the play calls. Uh, just like a non-call or, or a penalty that went against Tennessee or whatever, kind of a you know ha- had the chance to affect the game as well. So, um, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know, Tennessee had control of that football game. You said it. That's a game Tennessee could have won. Um, it was tell two halves, two different football teams. Uh, a team that sure made didn't finish, and, and you like for it to finish, but had a purpose, played really well, uh, both sides of the football, and then uh, and then you go into the halftime break and come out in the second half and just a goose egg all across the board and. Um, that that's a little bit frustrating. So missed opportunities, I guess, would be the the biggest way to characterize that. And it's a loss that a lot of people thought was going to happen already this year, but it was definitely a game that you could have won. Do you think the way this team's built, the way they've responded at this point, because everyone just like cycles back to hype of seven and one, uh, coming off a loss um, to this point, and um, Kentucky, obviously, uh, with Mark Stoops being the head coach of Kentucky, I think uh, this is always going to be a personal one for Heupel and one he wants to win year in, year out. Um, with all that being said, I don't know if I'm confident about anything really with this team week to week. So I think for the people who are like, oh, that's good. It's like, well, you also didn't think Heupel could win a game when he scores less than 30 points just a few weeks ago. And the numbers bore that out. And then he does it. And Heupel himself was surprised uh, that he was able to pull that out against Sex A&M. So I just feel like this year in particular, because the offensive numbers are down all across the board, I just I don't know what to make of Tennessee week to week. So when you look at Kentucky and you look at just how physical Alabama was in the second half and shutting Tennessee's offense down, do you think it should be expected that Tennessee is able to get up off the mat and go and beat a a wounded Kentucky team where their quarterback uh, is trying to keep uh, his completion percentage above fifty uh, percent in SEC play? Um, expected m- maybe not. Um, just because you're right, this team is so unpredictable, but. Um, you look at the uh, so, so many people see this game, and, mm-hmm. and again, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I think Tennessee is going to win this game comfortably. I love the matchup. Um, I think Kentucky, from a quarterback perspective, has been super underwhelming. Um, again, I, I think Tennessee can and, and will win this game comfortably. But I think so many people see this game as just oh, it's you know that end of the season game along with Vanderbilt, to where Tennessee's just going to have no issue. It's a guaranteed dub, guaranteed dub. And Tennessee continues, even with Mark Stoops, I know he's won a couple of games, but Tennessee still had a lot of success, even with Mark Stoops as head coach against Kentucky. But this is not that game. Kentucky's different. Kentucky's better. Kentucky's competitive. Um, Kentucky has attracted a couple of nice players from the portal, and and they've won some games. Um, and so I, I don't... I think fans are expecting a win, and I don't think that it necessarily should be expected in the sense of because you just don't know what this team is. Um, the thing that I have that I'm worrisome about this team is is in games when something goes wrong, how hmm. do you respond? Uh, Tennessee in the second quarter against Florida did not respond. Tennessee in the third quarter against Alabama did not respond. Now, from one game to the next, you've responded, and that's why I think Tennessee will be okay and and win this game. And certainly, Hypel, you mentioned the record earlier. Um, but there's just not been a whole lot of consistencies with this team for sure. So we'll see what happens again. I like this matchup for Tennessee. Um, it's going to be a, a nice, a nice environment on the road, uh, but not one like the swamp in my opinion, or like Athens, Georgia. Uh, but this is a game that Tennessee can win, should win and better win or, uh, things will get really bad. <laughs> I mean, if you lose this game, you're looking at seven and five, I think. 
I think at that point that tells us because I think Mississippi is a much better team uh, than Kentucky to this point in the year, and then obviously Georgia at home to wrap up, and then I mean, <laughs> not but on the go, flip side of that, so like you mm, think if you lose this game, you're seven to five. On the flip side yeah. of that, you win this game, you are seven good. and two going on the road to Missouri. Yeah, you know, and, and so it's just like it's it's polar opposites to where it could be a horrible year or man, a, a pretty a pretty nice looking season heading into a late season game. On the road against a team that's you know pretty decent, and then you win that yeah. game. You're eight and two. Come back home against Georgia. I mean, it's um this is a big game for sure. This is a mm-hmm. big game. I had nine and three before the season started. That means you you need to win two of the three, in my opinion, against yeah. you know two on the road at Kentucky and Missouri, and then of course Georgia. That's taking into account that UConn and Vanderbilt are wins. Uh, so this is a big game in that respect. Yeah, I just. <laughs> It's such a, it's a sneaky big game for them. And I also think Kentucky, you don't really know what you're getting week to week. Because, I mean, remember, this Kentucky team dismantled a Florida team that you lost to on the road very handedly. And, I mean, they do a lot of the stuff that Tennessee does well. And, I mean, or Tennessee uh, will stop a lot of the stuff that Kentucky does well. But yeah. I just, <laughs> anyone who's, like, uber confident, like, I'll see some VolQuest posters who are, like, uh, maxing out, like, what uh, – the balls can do to get to Atlanta still and I'm like what world are we living in here where I, I don't know if I'm taking crazy pills but like the optimism and maybe the the feeling there is like how I feel about Alex Perry being the next Cortland uh Cortland Lawson over there at shortstop I see like the <laughs> just the exact same swing as the the Juco kid and I'm like I'm all in Dylan Dryley like yeah. Tennessee baseball I, I'm right there with you when it comes to this year with this football team I just the optimism and just the certainty of going into uh, Lexington on Saturday is and expecting a win and winning comfortably. I just, I'm not there. And I think if you're Hypel and Danny White, what I'm doing right now is I am imploring the league office, like whatever you do, like we're cool on how Bama was officiated on Saturday. If you make the Mizzou game a nooner, because if that game's at night, I just I have a very, very bad feeling, like a South Carolina last year type of vibe. I don't want anything to do with Columbia at night um, where it's cold. And I think it will be a little bit interesting. Georgia had problems with it last year on the road in the night game. Tennessee obviously destroyed Missouri at the nooner. They destroyed South Carolina at the nooner a couple years ago. I just feel like Tennessee and Hypo. LSU they, last year. Yeah, LSU last year. Virginia this year uh, at 11 a.m. kick for them. They dismantled them. I just... That one to me, I've circled where I'm like, if it's a day game, noon game, I'm picking Tennessee. If it's a eight o'clock SEC network game, I think every Tennessee fan should be very concerned about uh, how that game might go. See, and then on the flip side, personally, selfishly mm. for me, I want that to be a night game because yeah. I'm calling a high school football game the night before. Yeah. And so if it's a nooner, I can't make it. But if it's a seven, I can probably make it to Columbia, Missouri. So I just selfishly, I want to cover the game. Yeah. But you're right. Um, yeah, uh, there, there's nothing. It's cold. Um, you know, mm. it's it, it's 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 a dreadful place if you've ever been yeah, there. I've um, not. And you know, it's it's a team that's playing well this year. And um, we all made the jokes preseason about the zoo rules. I mean, it was a funny <laughs> video. It deserved all the. All the all the lack of praise that it got, um, but they're playing good football right now. Brady yeah. Cook's playing good football. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they look like playing Georgia next weekend. I think that'll be interesting. Um, but uh, certainly, we knew the defense was going to be pretty good, and it's it's been pretty decent offensively. I haven't dove into the numbers yet, but certainly that one is um, one that I think, myself included, everybody just kind of assumed that it was going to be one that you have no issue with because I mean, again. You've scored a million points against Missouri the first two years yeah. with Josh Heupel, but this is not the same team as we've or the same offense as we've seen so far through seven games. So you know we'll see. 
uh, th- this Kentucky and Missouri game is huge. And yeah, going back to Kentucky, you, you get a win, you're feeling good about yourself. Come back at UConn, get a win, get a loss. You'll still you'll still be at UConn at home, but you're not having all that type of momentum heading into another big road game at Mizzou the following week. Do you think Joe made the leap anywhere on Saturday? Because I thought he played a really good game. Second half, obviously, was struggles. And then I think what's turning the tide a little bit here with Joe and I think with the fan base is I think they're seeing what's happening with the receivers. I think they're seeing that the receivers are not open, that they're seeing that there's just an element of this team that uh, people understated coming into the year with Jalen Hyde and Cedric Tillman and company's departure. I mean, Ramel Keaton got his confidence back, so I, I think that's huge going into next week is that he was able to do a lot of stuff in the first half. Squirrels, obviously, um, great, and just uh, we'll see if he has a third uh, insane catch uh, to be had down the stretch here. But I just I wonder if he made the leap a little bit because he was just so much more confident. I mean, even coming out throwing arrows at Alabama players, like he was he was not afraid of the moment. And I think that's a big thing for Tennessee because he to the, the RPO stuff, I think, will always make me queasy because it's working. But it, he's and Brent said it on y'all show. He's not a natural runner. So it looks nothing like Hendon Hooker uh, running yeah. with the football where Hendon, you just never had that kind of worry. Joe, it's just like it's kind of terrifying. Like he had some really late pitches where he was really, really waiting for a linebacker, a cornerback to hit him before he dished it out. And you're like, oh, this, <laughs> you can see how this uh, does not uh, keep going in uh, Tennessee's favor week over week. But I just think that is such a critical part of what this offense needs week over week, especially when guys aren't getting open downfield. Is Joe's just going to have to put his body on the line uh, week over mm-hmm. week for Tennessee to get these big road wins? Alabama played the speed option really well. Uh, mm. Credit Alabama because you're right. There was a couple, couple of those where Joe's just hanging on the football, hanging on the football, and then he pitches it at the last second, mm. or he turns it upfield. And and I love seeing a quarterback, especially if his stature and everything, just turn upfield, just turn upfield, yeah. make a decision. And there was one of those uh, speed options where he turned upfield, and he might have got maybe two yards. It was not a big game, but I. I sat there and I turned to Grant Ramey. I said, I like seeing that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's committing. That's that's you know making the right decision and see what happens. Maybe next time you get 12 or 13 yards yeah. out of it, whatever the case may be. Um, I like Joe running the football. Um, there's a time and place where you need to protect your your body. And, and Josh Heupel said that they've talked to him about that. But, you know, just seeing the willingness, um, mm-hmm. the want to, um, because first that free play gets A&M, first series of the ball game, when you run out of bounds and the sticks yep. are right there. It's like, what are you doing? And then the next game, when it's third and third and seven, and, and you're flush out of the pocket, and, and you see the six, and you run, and then you see a guy, and you run over him. I love that. I just think mm-hmm. that you need to take care of your body. You're right, but I just think that shows um, just the effort and the want to. Whereas in points in times, it hasn't been there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, as far as the receivers, you know, people are like, well, you can't say the separation, separation. Well, I mean, there was some separation in the first half in Georgia. Georgia, Alabama made mm-hmm. adjustments like good yeah. teams do. I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry is a an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban is arguably the greatest coach to ever do it. I mean, that you make adjustments, and Tennessee had no answer in the second half. And Ramel Keaton had another drop that was going to be for a first down. Oh, man, it's frustrating. So we'll see if something turned for Joe. Um, yeah. I think Joe... Confidence has never been the issue with him. Mm. Absolutely not. I think Joe um, just saw the field really well. I think he was protective of the football up until the the blind side, you know, whiff by John yeah. Campbell, and and that was bad. We'll see if he turns the corner. The question is, can you find some consistency? And yeah. um, Tennessee can win this game without great quarterback play, but certainly Joe can make it easier. And if you get up a couple scores again, I don't think Kentucky's built to come from behind uh, in a football game like this. 
it is interesting though when you think about the talent differential from 2021 to now like these were not issues like the explosive plays were still there with Vilas Jones Javante Payton who I don't know which Tennessee fan or which uh the the VolQuest guys here Eric who would have had that Javante Payton would have been an extremely more productive and reliable transfer portal addition than Dante Thornton but that's how it's worked out is Javante you knew exactly what you were getting touchdown and then hey have a good rest of your day like he was uh he was doing his job and that was it he was clocking in getting his work done quick and clocking out but that was valuable like he was a valuable piece to what they were doing week over week and Milos Jones was obviously a big hit um from USC and I mean Squirrel obviously used uh, a lot like Vilas to this point but I just I don't know I just I'm so surprised that with the talent there now in year three with Hypel that what we saw two years ago and I understand Hinden Hooker was there but there's just nothing that guys are still just not getting open that the big plays are just not there and you remove some of these squirrel bonkers catches the numbers get even more putrid where You're right I mean, yeah, I mean, Joe Milton's not throwing the ball well down the field. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I track that every single week, pro football focus, you know, what's con- what is constituted as a deep throw 20 yards down the field. And those numbers for Joe Milton, mm-hmm. though they were they were better than they've been all year long last week in Alabama, they're really bad on the season. Um, And you're right. You take away that catch against was it South Carolina yeah. or A&M down South the South Carolina, South Carolina mm-hmm. from squirrel. And then the one the other day, they're even worse. It's it's weird. I had a lot of confidence in the receiver group coming into the year. I mm. recognize you lost Tillman and you lost Hyatt. I get it, but you were bringing back Broom. Mm. You, what you saw from Squirrel, you felt good about it. I thought Ramel Keaton had turned the corner and he was a true deep threat. And everything we heard about Dante Thornton this summer was he's an NFL guy. He's an NFL guy. And I'm like, okay, well, you lost a lot of talent, but you're feeling mm. really good about that. Dante Thornton's been a been a no show to this point. Cedric or Cedric Tillman's got uh, Brew McCoy is now injured. Romel Keaton has battled confidence issues all year long, and it's just been squirrel. And so, when you compare what you have now to what you had in 2021, I mean, top to bottom, Tillman, Jones, and Peyton, you take those back in a heartbeat for sure. And then you got a better quarterback. So, it's a little bit surprising, yes, but then it's kind of like it's not because I think the group in 2021 is better than what you're seeing now, and the quarterback's better. So, I don't know, man. It, it's it's been weird. That's why you've seen so many uh, passes out the perimeter, so many screens, so mm-hmm. many short gains, and it's just kind of like an extension of the run game where the operation just hasn't been all there. Joe hasn't been all there, and at points in times the offensive line has not been all there. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line is uh, kind of coming together. You know who's going to play, and, um, and and they've still, you know, in terms of giving up sacks, they've been pretty decent all year outside the last couple of quarters, of the last two games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there wasn't obvious. You never want to be like the drop off where like you notice immediately that Gerald Mincy's not in the game, where Dan Davis really, really struggled, and I think they really need Crawford back that backup right tackle spot. And um, it looks like he it was a healthy kind of scratch there. Is Dan? Davis I think he's been of, passed, man. Yeah. Um, and and again, maybe maybe that changes this week. But you know, Crawford was dealing with some injuries, and yeah. um, I think in that time, Dane Davis just kind of passed him. Now, Dane Davis, um. According to Pro Football Focus, against the run, he was much, you know, he he was a whole lot better. Hmm. But they were just passing so much at the point yeah. in time when he came in, and you know, I mean, that's um, you're facing Alabama and you're a backup tackle. It, it's just it's not going to end also well. Also, backup single center, time, but... backup guard, whatever they need. Like Dan Davis, yeah. I just couldn't imagine. He just like goes in for the Sunday afternoon meetings, and Heupel's like, or Ellerby is like. Uh, left guard this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need a guy like that in your roster for mm-hmm. sure, but he played really, really well against A&M when coming in. So yeah. 
Um, we'll see, but yeah, um, the I like offensive him at center because you know when he's in the game, like when Dane Davis, because he looked so ridiculous at center because he's just huge, like he's a huge yeah. guy. You never see centers that big. It was just uh, you couldn't look away. I was, I was way too interested in Dane Davis at center. The fact that Ollie Lane and Dane Davis played center this year for Tennessee, yeah, it's really impressive on their part. Yeah, it's really bad when you say, okay, well, why is there not a backup center? Tennessee's yeah. not had a backup center since Cooper Mays was the backup center to Brandon Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, Jerome Carvin would have slowed over, but he, he's, he's just starting left guard. Yeah. Um, you need Vice and Lang. You need, I mean, Addison Nichols had every opportunity in the world. Maybe it clicks next year. I don't know. Um, you need somebody to step up big time next year because we'll see what Cooper wants to do. Um, but uh, yeah, the fact that those two guys were able to play center was a huge testament to them because they've yeah. been nothing but guard and tackle. And then it also means like, oh my goodness, you know, why didn't he have a guy ready? So a little bit. I mean, Ollie kind of saved the season a little bit because he didn't have to come back. Like that was kind of like, can you imagine where Tennessee would be right now if Ollie did not come back those first? I mean, he was a sneaky linchpin uh, to those early games. And he he played. Um, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he played. He played. He had a pretty decent game against Alabama as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, if he didn't come back, I mean, who in the world was going to snap the football if that? Yeah. If it would have played out the same way, I mean, yeah, he's he's been huge and hypeal. Very appreciative that Ollie Lane came back. (laughs) There you go. Uh, NIL folks in Knoxville, hit him up uh, for doing a doing a good service here uh, this fall and his last year. Um, final thing here, and we'll we'll go, uh, uh, Eric. So biggest thing that you are still wondering about with this team, what what is your biggest question for Tennessee the rest of the way that you would like to see answered? Um, The biggest surprises has been the lack of explosive plays mm-hmm. offensively. And so I guess the biggest question is, will it ever be figured out? Is it ever going to click consistently? What does your gut say? My gut says no to this point because it hasn't I happened. Agree. I mean, you're seven games in. And I mean, sure, you'll have you'll have a splash play down the field throwing the football every now and again. But I mean, that that was that was a part of the offense last year. And whether it's just not getting guys open, you know, running behind the defense, scheming it up, whatever, maybe it's a quarterback. I mean, I think it's a contributing factor to all those things. But that's been my biggest surprise of the lack of explosive plays this year. So, you know, will we see more moving forward? Did Joe Milton really turn a corner last week? You know, we'll see all this. So much of this hinges on the quarterback. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see on that. And then I want to know, like, I mean, is Tennessee truly a, a great? I think it's a good running team. Is it a great running football team? I want to say it is. But in two mm. road games this year, it's not showed up. Yeah. It's not showed up at all. And you're going to need that run game this week at, uh, you know, in in Lexington against Kentucky. So, um, I think Jalen Rod is a great football player, and Jabari Small is a serviceable running back, and I like Dylan Sampson that wrinkle in there. Need those guys to run on the road. So, um, I think that that can happen. I have more confidence in that than I do that you know the consistency of the explosive plays down the field. Um, man, I like watching this defensive line too. That might be my biggest surprise. I thought they'd take a step, but. I didn't see James Pierce being second in the SEC in sacks and, yeah. and Tyler Barron having the contract year that he has. That's been fun to watch. That was my best pick, like the Rocky Top Entire guys and everything. Like in my preseason, I was like, James Pierce is the one who I think breaks out. Is Sometimes it's just the edge guys you just glom on to. Oh, he's built like uh, an NFL first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to bet on those guys. Like, Joshua Josephs looked uh, like he was kind of... He, he was part like Dominic Bailey, guys like that. Like, maybe they can be contributors. Like, But in terms of like otherworldly... So much of that position just feels like because Roman Harrison works his tail off. He's just undersized. Like there's just yeah. so there's only so much you can do when you're that size in the on at the Leo spot. James Pierce is just built like a power forward. Like he's just huge. And those kind of guys, speaking, yeah, those those guys stand out. There's not much you can do 
when those guys are uh, able to uh, put it all together because that kind of talent match with Rodney Gardner's uh, coaching is just it's just hard to beat uh, when those it's two things are working. Uh, final thing, you know this, every time you come on the podcast, uh, Eric, I got to do this too. Now that you've seen some fall games and also why aren't we playing uh, Virginia Tech in Tennessee in every sport every year because it's a rivalry go to dollywood at any point uh in the fall winter and you will see a bunch of hokey and tennessee stuff uh the bristol bowl obviously was a big hit like what are we doing here make that the thing um but also you're starting one through nine for this tennessee baseball team and then the the three starters that you would guess right now it is october 25th here we go clairvoyant kane right now all right, so I mean, again, this is literally October, like you just said, the twenty fifth or whatever. So I mean, this is so. This is this is just me right now. Um, I'm not doing batting order, but let's go um, around the horn. Third base is going to be Billy Amick, shortstop. I think the first crack will be Christian Moore. Second base, I think will be Brad Key Lowry. Um, okay, might be Alex Perry. Boy, he had a good game. Yeah. Um, first base, Ariel Antigua. There's three guys there that I can see playing wherever Moore doesn't. You know, hmm. shortstop, second base, whatever. Uh, first base, Burke. Your catcher will be. Uh, I mean, game one it might be Cal Stark, but I think Cannon Peebles will be your catcher. Outfield, oh, Inslee's going to be in center. <clears throat> Dryland's going to be in left. And I just think Reese Chapman's going to be out there. I think Reese Chapman's going to be your right mm. fielder. Um, then Tears is the DH in this scenario. Yeah, and, and okay. Tears could be your right fielder as well. So, you know, you know we'll see. Um, but I, I think Reese Chapman played in a really, really good summer league, and he balled out this summer. Um, and and uh, Tears did not have a good day in Greenville this past weekend, but he's had a really good fall. So mm. a good problem to have. Um, beam, beam your Friday night guy, A.J. Russell, your Saturday guy. And I bet I bet uh, Nate Snead will be your, your third starter. Interesting. Um, options there. Freshman, I, I don't know enough right now. That can change. Wyatt Evans, is he durable enough? Mm. Um, AJ Causey's also an option, but I'll go Sneed. He he got roughed up in Greenville, but I think Sneed would. I'll, I'll go Sneed for right now. But again, all of this is subject to change once the season is actually here. Now it, we you have to stick to it. Unfortunately, Eric, on this very show, you you have to stick to it for the rest. Got to clip way. it, pin it, and uh, just just be like a human pinata when none of this is right. <laughs> I think a lot of it's be right. I like it. Uh, Eric can go listen to the VolQuest podcast. Go subscribe to VolQuest.com today if you have not already done so. Go subscribe to Locked On Vols every day uh, here on the YouTube page and wherever you get your podcasts. YouTube.com/slash Locked On Vols for all of Eric's great coverage all across uh, the internet on all things Tennessee Volunteers. Eric, thank you as always for the time, and uh, we'll have to do this again soon. Chase, always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 